Hey folks, it's Ed and Terry coming back at you again with episode 11 of the Mighty Thor podcast. Uh, jump into it here with a little bit of feedback that we've gotten. Mark left a comment on the website and indicates, just a f- clarification, guys, you mentioned that Journey into Mystery was from 1952. I think you meant 1962. I didn't think Mighty Thor had been around that long. And I uh, I left a response. Uh, my reply was, the volume of Journey into Mystery that Thor started in actually began under the Atlas name in 1952. The Thor stories themselves began in 1962. But my references to the start date of the volume, that way I can avoid talking about volume one, volume two, volume three, so, so on and so forth, because... Um, Thanks for listening that closely and for trying to help. Um, and I do that because uh, Journey into Mystery has another volume. Uh, Thor has two or three volumes. One is Thor. One is the Mighty Thor. One is something else. So I mean, there's and and rather than just saying Thor Volume One, Thor Volume Two, because you you know people's idea of what a volume is differs. Um, what I try to do, and this is what I do with my collection too, is I uh, just divide it up by the the start date. And rather than having volume, volume, I have the oldest book and then the newest book, regardless of whatever volume they call it. So he did start in 52? Journey into Mystery, the book, started in 1952. They started writing about Thor in Journey into Mystery in 1962. So actually, we're both right. Uh, He's right. Thor didn't show up until 62, but you're right that Journey in the Mystery itself started in 52. Yeah, yeah. He was he was thinking that that my reference was to the book when Thor started, but my reference is to when the book itself started. Okay. So. So both. It's a win-win. Both are right. Yeah, yeah, and, okay. and if you if you go back to the first episode that we did, we started with Journey into Mystery eighty three right. or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, just uh, I I think it's been a little while since I explained why when I talk and on the website and everything like that, I'll say the Thor two thousand seven volume or Journey into Mystery nineteen fifty two. But yeah, yeah, the book itself started in fifty two, but they started putting Thor in it in nineteen sixty two. So Okay. Yeah. yeah, nobody was really wrong per se and nobody was necessarily right. Just yeah, just a, a clarification there for it. Alrighty now. So the books we have on tap for today are before we start the books, can we talk about our um, yes. snag of the day? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. We were out doing some Christmas shopping, and um, we were at our local Walmart, the Antichrist of stores, perusing the toy section. And I always like to go down the uh, figure aisle to see if there's any new comic book-related figures. And they had some dual packs of figures packed with a comic book each. And there were three sets. Um, I've thrown the packaging away. One was – one had a Captain America figure in it and somebody 
I can't remember the second one, but the one I saw that we grabbed was a dual pack of Thor and Iron Man. And the figures are the little three and a half inch, uh, 20,000 points of articulation figures that they've been recently putting out. And he looks cool, let me just say. And it was packaged with the third issue of this latest volume of Thor where Thor confronts Iron Man for some stuff that Iron Man did while Thor was gone. Okay. And actually over two or three issues, he just royally kicked Tony's butt all over the place. But yes, the the figure – so the, the Thor figure that we have is this – New version as far as his get-up. Uh, he has his hammer. He's got a big red cape and, like I said, like 20 million points of articulation. And he's sitting right here on uh, the desk where our computer recording equipment is as our new mascot. And he's cool. So, yeah, that's our that's our geek score for the day. Woohoo! I like being a geek. Which I've, I've been looking for a Thor figure. And finally found one. I didn't want to have to get one off the internet if I didn't have to. But, so, we have one. So that only leaves like three or four other figures out there of Thor that we don't have. Cool. All right. Issue 105 of the 1952 volume of Journey into Mystery. The cover here states... Back on the rampage again, the Cobra and Mr. Hyde. And we see the three of them fighting, uh, looks like on a city street. A building is being wrecked and Hyde and Cobra are both attacking Thor. Hyde's face appears to be a little messed up there. Artist kind of maybe got ahead of himself or something. Not sure what was going on there. Notice the side of his, the side of his face there nearest Thor. Mm-hmm. Kind of scrunched or something. All right. So. I like the little box at the bottom of the cover. Our pledge to you. If you don't like this epic battle, you might enjoy Millie the model. Oh, no, folks. Nobody enjoys <laughs> Millie the model. So. I'm sorry. Uh, for any Millie the model references, uh, refer to the Marvel Bronze Age podcast. Those two guys cover Millie the model quite well. All right, uh, the book opens with the closing of the latest meeting of the Avengers. The Avengers being Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Wasp, and Giant Man. So they close up the meeting, and basically everybody's talking about going their separate ways. Um, the writer used it as an opportunity just to you know, show – that Thor was a, a member. Uh, oddly enough, we talked about this last show or maybe the show before that. And so here we have official word in Thor's book that he's he's a member. Thor flies off uh, feeling that there is some sort of impending doom upon him. And sure enough, he flies by a, a building way at the top of the building and sees that the cobra is there. Why the Cobra is there, unless he's waiting for Thor, do you think? Or so? I don't know, but he's on like, you know, the spire thing that they put at the top of Taller Building. That's what Cobra is on. He can't fly. Uh, why he's all the way up that high, I have no idea. But Thor sees him, tries to get him. The, uh, the Cobra does some, some trickeration there and gets away from him. 
Thor continues to look for him, but the cobra has slipped into a nearby open window, and fortuitously, the open window belongs to a scientist by the name of what is his name? Zarko. No, that's the Tomorrow Man. Nah, it doesn't say. Zabo, Doctor Calvin Zabo. Calvin Zabo, yes, who is the alter ego of Mr. Hyde. Yes, instead of Dr. Jekyll. Yes. So Cobra slips in, and he's going to take this scientist unaware. Uh, here's a scientist. He thinks he's he's got to have some, some cool gear that I can use. Uh, the Cobra must be a quasi-scientist himself because the things that he's always coming up with to – shoot Thor with and stuff is more than I figure you can buy on like the criminal black market. So he's he he must be a quasi inventor too. But well, he was working in the scientist lab that was w- dealing with the uh, cobra venom. You're right. He was the assistant. Yes. So that tells you he must have some uh, scientific ability himself. Although they make him seem like a numb nuts. Yeah. You know, but okay. So. Uh, but what happens is that even in his human guise, Hyde has better hearing and hears him come in and drinks this potion that causes him to turn into Hyde. Then as Hyde, he attacks and attempts to subdue the cobra. Uh, again, there's, there's fighting back and forth between the two. And during the usual bad guy banter, which I guess that's one of like the requirements of being a bad guy when you're in a fight. You have to talk. Uh-huh, talk some smack. Yeah, smack or, or talk about your plan or t- you know something, uh, but you have to talk. And and so these here's two bad guys fighting, so each is talking. Um, and they both realize that they have both fought Thor, and that realization causes them to stop fighting, and they come up with the idea, well, hey, let's get together because both of us almost beat Thor when we fought singly. So together, since we almost did it individually, we'll be able to beat him. So they form a, you know, a, a little little bad guy pact here over a handshake. Meanwhile, Thor uh, is still looking for Cobra, but then realizes that he's just not going to find him. Decides he needs to go back to Doctor Blake's office, uh, resume his identity as Doctor Blake, and, and and do some Blake stuff. So he and, and Jane are there, and they also have banter. Theirs is the unrequited love banter that they both have. Of course, Blake is always pining, oh, I love her so much, but I can't tell her. And Jane Foster is always pining, oh, I love him so much, I wish he would tell me. Well, in this one, she tells him that she has a date with another feller. Does she doesn't say another feller, does she? Uh huh. She says I have a date to go dancing. And see, my thinking was that could have been with the girls. No. Nowadays, not. girls go dancing. Yeah, but not then. Okay. That was that had to be a date okay. with a guy. Yeah, we find out a little she, later that it was a guy, but uh-huh, because she wants him to be jealous and tell her not. Yeah, to and go. she gets upset that he doesn't get jealous. That's right. But yet he's saying, "Oh no, I can't get jealous because then she'll know." know that. I know. It's all so silly. Like, come on, man. You people got to get on the same page. So uh, a little love, not love banter there between them. Uh, We cut back to Cobra and Mr. Hyde who are uh, 
making preparations to attack and hopefully defeat Thor. Uh, this time, Hyde has come up with a, a pretty cool little gimmick here. Uh, basically, it's a it's a ray gun. Let's see, what does he call it? He calls it a time reversal ray. And what it does is when it shoots a subject, a subject being a person, it then displays that person's life from the point at which it shot them back to the beginning of that person's life, if you stand and watch it long enough. And it runs in reverse. So they're thinking, you know, we'll go out with this and we'll catch Thor and we'll hit him with the beam and watch and it'll show us where his hideout is, and we'll be able to go to his hideout and do some deviltry, wait for him or tear up the hideout and maybe get some cool stuff or you know something. But they figured that's how we'll, we'll be able to find his lair because uh, at this point, Thor, for everyone, is still kind of a mystery. He'll just appear, and then he doesn't appear. And so nobody really knows much about him, where he is, where he goes or anything Anybody on Earth, that is. Of course, the Asgardians, Asgardians know because they can always see. They just like pull the clouds apart and they, or whatever. So, All right, we cut back to Dr. Blake, and he's listening to the radio. Trying to get his mind off of Jane Foster being out with another man. Not that it really matters because he can't tell her how he feels anyways. I know. So, and he hears that one of them – Mr. Hyde uh, is up to some deviltry, which Hyde and Cobra are trying to do to lure Thor out. Mm-hmm. So Blake turns into Thor, and of course Thor bites, being the Boy Scout that he is. Well, here's some trouble. I must be the one to go fix it. And he goes and confronts Hyde, who um, kind of puts him off long enough that he can he can start to run and get Thor to chase him. Because they want to lead Thor to a place of their choosing. So indeed, um, Hyde runs, Thor follows. Hyde transforms himself back to Dr. Zabo. And as Thor continues to search for him, not being able to find him, Cobra is hiding with this time reversal ray and sure enough hits Thor with it. Then Cobra and Hyde watch, and it runs back to a window that Thor came out of this time. Dr. Don Blake. Dr. Don Blake's window. So now they have a place, but they don't understand why it didn't go any further because it's supposed to go all the way back to when Thor began. Well, little do they know that every time Blake changes into Thor, that's like the beginning of Thor. That, you know, that's when he's here. So, uh, but they say, well, you know, that kind of doesn't make sense, but we have a place to start. So we'll, we'll go to this Don Blake's office, which they do, and they grab him up. Um, uh, you, don't leave out the important part. Don Blake has decided that since he can't have Jane Foster as Thor, because Odin won't allow it, that he won't become Thor anymore. And he locks up locks his, his cane and says, I'm going to go 24 hours without turning into Thor. And if I can do that, then I can remain Don Blake. And then I can confess my love to Jane Foster and I can be her husband. Yeah, what she said. Okay, go ahead. 
So after he locks up his cane and decides that he's not going to be Thor for 24 hours, he is attacked and so has the need for being Thor. Yes. Of course. Of course. Um, we also see during this a, a, a cutaway, uh, Jane is asking Paul to take her back because she has suddenly developed a headache, which she hasn't. She's just decided she really doesn't want to do this dating other people thing. Uh, she wants to go back to the office. And that's where she has Paul drop her off, and she interrupts Hyde and Cobra manhandling Blake to try to find out information about Thor. So now Blake decides, well, he has to do more than what he perhaps was going to do because now Jane is there, and they might hurt Jane. Mm -hmm. We can't let that happen. No. You know, if Jane were out of the picture, things might be a little bit easier for the man. All right, Odin. I'm just saying he could just start to get over, and nobody would have it as a as a, a, a crutch against him. I'm just saying it's just an idea. I'm not saying that's what they should do. Okay. Look, I'm as romantic as the next comic geek. Okay. I know. Just gets a little old here. So you know, Blake gives in. Uh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give you some information about Thor. Uh, what I need you to do is I need you to get into that cabinet and give me the stick that's in there. So Hyde breaks in and gives him the cane. He says, now, what you need to do is you need to tap that cane on the floor. And when you do, be watching out the window because that cane is my signal to call Thor. So when you tap it, he'll come and you'll see him. If you're looking out the window, you'll see him come. You'll be able to jump him, you know, whatever you want to do. So sure enough, Hyde taps the cane, but all of a sudden he falls to the floor because he's not clutching the cane anymore. He's clutching the hammer. See, I didn't know it worked without it being in Thor's hand. I didn't either, but... But apparently it does. Which kind of ends a, uh, adds a, ooh, better not let anybody else get the cane kind yeah. of Because, yeah. you know, he could be walking around somewhere, somebody have his cane, hit it, and he just changed into Thor. Uh-huh. And, you know, so so now here, here Thor is behind him, kind of. Uh, they're looking out the window. They they fall because the big hammer only Thor can lift the hammer. Hyde Hyde had it, so they fall and everything. And in the in the tussle to try to figure out what's going on and everything, the hammer kind of slips through and goes to Thor's hand. And then they turn around and realize, well, there's Thor. Thor says, "Ha ha!" While you were looking out the window, Blake ran through the door and summoned me, and so that's why he is gone and I am here. Um. They don't explain why Jane didn't see it because, as you see in this one panel, Jane is right there. Yeah, but she's also looking out the window looking for Thor. Did it show that? I See, I don't believe it showed that. She's right here behind the Okay, light, yeah, here she is. She's, looking out the window. Sorry, she blended into the uh, yeah. the, the bookcase there. Uh-huh. So, All right, so now in Dr. Blake's office we have Jane, Thor, the Cobra, and Hyde. So Hyde and Cobra uh, start attacking Thor, but actually what they're trying to do is they're more running away. Uh, they run away and split up. So Thor has to kind of pick which one he wants to chase. Uh, he, he goes after Cobra first, but then decides that he's going to go after Hyde, and Hyde uses another contraption to kind of draw Thor to him again, uh, they're, they're Hyde, uh, Hyde's and Cobra's backup plan, 
which they had is to lead Thor to a particular place to do a particular thing. So now they're trying to to lead him on, and Hyde is the one that is is the bait, and they go to a scrap heap. Well, at first, that's where he like gets Thor's attention, but ultimately, oh, okay. to the their goal is the heavy machinery show in the Coliseum. Okay, and you go inside, and of course, this is one of the things that uh, Kirby is best at: are these big, extravagant machines. And you you see some of these when Thor flies in. Uh, Hyde attacks him. That one looks like a glorified tractor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Thor realizes, well, you know, here we are in this place, and there's all these people here. So, again, being the Boy Scout that he is, I have to go out of my way to protect all these people while protecting myself while trying to subdue this bad guy. So instead of being offensive, he decides to go all defensive and just protect everybody. And while he's doing that, Cobra has slipped in, uses one of the big machines to grab Thor's hammer – Knowing that a human apparently can't do it, but these big machines can. And apparently he's right because they mm-hmm. use this big claw machine and snatch it right out of Thor's hand. And then the claw machine has a storage compartment that they deposit the hammer in and it like seals it up in kind of a, a vaulty kind of place. So now Thor is on the counter. He's got 60 seconds to get his hammer or he turns back into Blake. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he's got Hyde and Cobra bearing down on him and no hammer, and the book ends. So there is our cliffhanger, Thor no hammer, Hyde and Cobra attacking. All right, so what are your thoughts about that issue? I liked it. It had a little bit more... Uh, action-y kind of feel than some of the other books have had. It has. It had a whole lot more. Um, it just the whole um, writing style seemed a little bit different to me. Yeah. Now, now that we didn't mention, but this was written by Stan Lee and it was drawn by mm-hmm. Jack Kirby. Um, yeah. You know. So and and you know, I've I've heard people talk about this period of time in Stan's Stan Lee's career that he was doing all of these different books, and so some people have wondered. Hmm, was he really? Or was he like plotting someone else was filling it in and turning it back in and Stan Lee was turning it out as his own under his own mm-hmm. name? Because um and and he was at this time he was writing a lot of books and some of them had a tone that maintained and some of them had a tone that changed and they were different between books, you know, so there's there's a lot of uh possibility kind of the um William Shakespeare, um, Bacon thing was the guy's name Bacon that perhaps wrote some of Shakespeare's plays that had Shakespeare's name on them. Have you heard of that no. conspiracy theory? Yeah, there's some no. of some of his plays that just again in tone are different, and so people have supposed that it was written by. Some different people of the time, and there were n- names that were thrown out. Maybe it wasn't Bacon. The only Bacon I can think of are Sir Francis and uh, Kevin, and I don't think either one of those guys was the dude. So I guess it wasn't Bacon. So The art even seemed a little different to me, even though it was Jack Kirby again. 
I, I, it's not as um, cartoonish, perhaps. Okay. In this one. Yeah, not as uh, maybe not as big, not as it was more like human, not as fantastical. That's not the feel I got. No. Okay. No. It, it did feel a little different, but I saw in in my mind enough things that it definitely looked like Kirby. Well, yeah, I'm not um, saying it wasn't Kirby. I'm just saying that he's drawing it a bit different. Uh, he was doing a lot of different books. Again, maybe he uh, liked, liked did layouts something. and then handed it off to somebody else, and they filled in the details or something like that. So, okay. Um, next up is issue one zero six, and it is the continuation of one zero five, the Mister Hyde and Cobra. Yeah, this is a recent thing they've gotten into, and they seem mm-hmm. to be carrying it over now. Multi-book stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we we in the last three episodes we had one book that we've talked about that was its own and the rest have been parts of other stories. Mm-hmm. So so it begins with how can Thor hope to defeat Mister Hyde and the Cobra after they've taken his mighty hammer from him? The Thunder God strikes back, what, and they have a what? What does it say at the bottom? That's the one. This is the one that says the thing about oh, Millie. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't the other one. It was this one. I was on the wrong book when we started. Shh, don't tell anybody. Okay. And okay. and again, it says our pledge to you: if you don't like this epic battle, you might enjoy Millie the model. <laughs> I think even Stan Lee and them didn't like Millie the model, even though they created her and wrote her. I was gonna say Stan Lee definitely. I know, but wrote he's it. like you know. So and if you're a wuss, you might like wussy. What, read the, uh, the 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 scripture descriptions down here for the creators. Written fairly well by Stan Lee, drawn not too badly by Jack Kirby, and kind of nice by Chick Stone, lettered pretty fair by Art Simic. He's been doing that every issue. Something. Well, the last time it was healthily and happily, and that was all H. Heartily, so, and yeah. Okay. Yeah, Stan. Stanley's starting to to <laughs> feel his stride here, and yeah. Okay, we we start out the Cobra and Mister Hyde film Thor's mighty rage when the Thunder God strikes back, and we have a little synopsis of where we're at. That the Enchanted Hammer is somewhere inside the uh, complex machine, and he has 60 seconds to get it, or he will be at their mercy. And we do a little um, replay of the end of the last one where we show that they have Jane, and therefore he has to turn into Thor in order to save Jane. And and they split up, and now he's after him, and we finally end up back in our in our area. In the Mr. Hyde and Cobra are like, yes, we've, it's paid off. We now have him in our grasp. But Thor's like, you've forgotten how strong I am. And he picks up a piece of the floor and flings them away and goes into the crowd because he knows he has just a few seconds. So he tries to hide himself in the crowd so that when he turns back into Dr. Blake, it won't be as noticeable. And it wasn't. So the Hyde and Cobra are trying to find him. The hammer is turned back into the stick. The cane, and Cobra and Mr. Hyde are trying to find him. They're they're searching through all the people. They've locked up the the Coliseum so that they can hold everybody in there. The police are on their way, and finally, Mr. Hyde gets the microphone to the whole show and says, "Thor, if you don't come out, we're just going to start hurting people." 
Well, Dr. Blake has gotten back to the machinery trying to figure out how in the world he can get inside it to get his cane to turn back into Thor, and he can't get it. So he goes back. He shows himself to Mr. Hyde and the and Cobra Man and says, I will tell you once again how to get hold of Thor. You let him escape the last time, but I will show you once again <laughs> how to smack. do it. Talk and smack to him. And the whole crowd is like, no, no, no. Don't, don't turn him in. Thor. No. Don't sacrifice Thor for us. We'll be okay. The police are here. They'll take care of everything. And Mr. Hyde's like, quiet, everybody. You know, yes, tell us where, how we can get hold of Thor. He's like, first, I need my antique cane that's in the machine. Now, why in the world these bad guys keep believing this story that he needs this stick in order for Thor to show up? But, you know, hey, they they decide, okay, they'll do it. Well, Cobra's like, well, I can do it. I can do it. So he slithers in there and finds it, but he can't reach it. So he comes back out and tells Mr. Hyde, I can't reach it. I see it. And Mr. Hyde's like, well, I have superhuman strength, and I will clob through this machine, and I will get it. So he finally got it, and no sooner does Dr. Blake get it than he runs back into the crowd so that he can find a place to turn into Thor, and he does. And he comes back out, and he starts fighting Cobra Man and Hyde, and they start, don't leave me, don't leave me, help me, help me. And Hyde's like, oh, you big coward, just keep him occupied while I try to figure out this machine. And and Mr. Cobra's like, but he's so strong, and it's all your fault I'm in this predicament. Isn't that just how it is? And so Thor is is making short work of the Cobra Man while Mr. Hyde's in the machine trying to figure out how to do something. And he finally gets one machine that can spray enough paint to cover an entire building in seconds. And he's going to concentrate the air blast that sprays that paint onto Thor and use it as a weapon. But Thor by now is just totally pissed off. He's had enough of these two. He's done beat the crap out of, of Cobra Man, so he slams his hammer down into the floor so that the wind can't force him backwards. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. The godlike wrath flows down into his hammer, causing it to glow with naked energy, energy which travels through the wooden floor like lightning until it strikes the gigantic sprayer, short-circuiting the whole machine and sending the evil creature sprawling across the hall. How was that again? The godlike wrath was there. Hey, I can do it. Then seizing the cobra again, Thurl hurls him into the fleeing Mr. Hyde, stopping the archvillain in his tracks. But meanwhile, the police have broken into the place, and, and they're going, let's go. And, and Thor's like, oh, here come the cops. Woo-hoo. Well, Mr. Hyde turns back into Dr. Zabo. Right. Zabo, however you say his yeah, name. Yeah, say so that he can blend in with the crowd of people that are still there, that the police are pushing through, going, let us through, let us through, let us through, while Thor is picking up Cobra Man and giving him to the police officers. And he's like, where in the world did Hyde disappear to? And they're like, well, we don't know. We haven't seen him. So they all, like, filter out, and they're all saying, woo, Thor, woo, And they get outside, and Mr. Hyde follows Thor. And Thor can feel his evil presence, so he knows there's something wrong. And... The doctor turns back into Mr. Hyde so that he can finally just finish Thor off. He thinks he's got it. He can do it by himself. That the Cobra Man was just this big old wussy coward, and he didn't need him in the first place, and he can just do it all himself. So he picks up this light lamppost and goes after Thor. But Thor's like, okay, I've had enough. If I can't, he drops his hammer because he gets hit so hard. But he's like, I'm not even going to pick it up. If I can't, as a god of Asgard, 
take care of this little mortal man, even though he has the strength of 12. I am an Asgard god. If I can't take care of this man, there's something wrong. So I got 60 seconds to take care of him. So he starts beating the crap out of him, thinking in his mind, okay, now I've got 20 seconds, yeah. now I've got 15 seconds, now I've Once got five again, seconds. Once again, he's on the clock. Yes, he's on the <laughs> clock, and he's counting it down in his head, and he's like, you're just some little man, and I'm just going to beat you up. And and Hyde's like, talk, 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 that's all you ever do. And he's like, fine, let me just beat you into the ground, which he does. He beats him into the ground. And ultimately, what does he do? He he throws him? He he whirls him around like he does his hammer when he flies. He whirls him around, and he throws him into the police building, and, and that he lands on all the police officers. Yeah, throws him into the, I guess, nearest police, police department. Station, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Grabs his hammer back up, you know, and, and tells the cops, guard him carefully. He's got a lot of strength. I wonder where that came from, and I wonder if this is the last time I'll see him. And then he he says, okay, now it's time to go back and see how Jane's doing, because he left Jane, like, you know, waiting for Dr. Blake to come back. And she is all mad, because she heard, because he turns back into Don Blake, and she's like, you betrayed Thor, and you are such a coward. I heard all about it, and I've had enough to you. I thought I loved you, but I don't love you no more, because you're a coward. And he walks out the door, and and Dr. Blake is like, well, I can't have her as Thor because I'm forbidden, and I can't have her as Don Blake. I have lost my love. I can't win for losing. Yep, that's what he says. Now, don't I recall a recent story where she tried to hide Thor's hammer? Yes. Yes. Roughly the same thing that she's bitching at him for doing. Not in her little female mind. Getting in Thor's way. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of. not, it's not the same thing. It's different. <laughs> of course it is. I am familiar with that. So, so is every other man on the planet that has interacted extensively with females. There, there are big differences in things. So our two villains are in the in the hands <clears throat> of the local authorities. So they're in, in, when they pop up again, we'll know the local authorities didn't do their job very well. Indeed, they are in the Huskow. Um, again, another action-y all the way through. Mm-hmm. Something happening all the way through. Now, there were – and this was the case I thought in the other other book too, but there, there were some short stretches, particularly between Blake and Foster that kind of – stretched out a little bit you know uh one panel would have been fine but it was six panels of their oh if only i could tell her in the mind but in in the mouth it was like oh jane i do appreciate your assistance you know and so but other than that yeah you, you had two villains uh which is a little different um a lot more to, to keep up with, and I thought they did a good job of showing one and showing the other and, and showing the two working together and everything to, to, to keep it two villains, you know, until mm-hmm. they're near the end where one villain got arrested but the other was still loose, and even on his own, he tried again, so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, that was some good stuff there. Alright. Next up, we have issue 617 of this a uh, new volume of Thor. The book opens with uh, Dr. Eric Solvang trudging through the desert along this road. And apparently he has left Asgard. 
He's been kicked out of Asgard and, yeah. royally. <laughs> and is walking to, I guess, Broxton, and so he's somewhere in between. Um, strikes me as a little interesting because I thought that Asgard and Broxton were in Kansas. I wasn't aware that Kansas had extensive lengths of desert anywhere. So. It's more like flatlands. Well, but he's, I mean, he's, he's, okay, he's calling Tony, uh, Tony Stark. He said it's a weird patch of desert outside Broxton, yeah. but, you know. He's, he's made Tony Stark's acquaintance in, in the past. And he's, he knows Tony Stark is a brain. So he's calling Tony Stark for help, uh, trying to find somebody that will listen to his story about the cosmological disturbance Asgard and all that stuff. So he's, he tried to talk to the Asgardians. He got booted out. He's walking back to Broxton, which is like the closest point of civilization. And he's calling Tony for help on several different levels. Help with this, getting this information out, but also help because he's in the middle of nowhere, uh, with and no resources or anything. And, and he's asking for help. And yeah, he, he, portrays it like it's the desert, like he's walking through New Mexico, but he's walking through Kansas. But he's also a wimpy doctor. Wow. Okay. Uh, Tony Stark does does get his call and uh, pops in on him, and when when he does that – As Iron Man. Yes, uh, which I guess it must be common knowledge that Tony Stark and Iron Man are one now because he called Tony Stark, but Iron Man shows up. Uh, we cut to Paris, France, where we see a young lad here trying to pull a con on an audience. And standing in the audience is this big, buff, blonde-headed dude that eh, you pretty much know is Thor, but he's not dressed like Thor. But there are some little keys there that tell you that it's Thor. So he's watching this young uh, hooded lad here pull pull the uh, the nutshell game on some unsuspecting frails here, and uh, Thor kind of makes his presence known because he grabs up a uh, uh, the accomplice to the boy who's running the scam. The scam isn't in the shell game. What they're doing is he's running with a partner, and the partner pickpockets people while they're standing there watching him. Uh, actually, he just set it up to where he, as the house, lost the game. Somebody did figure out where the, the card was, and so he's going on and really drawing everybody's attention. And his accomplice sneaks up on Thor because Thor is carrying this massive bag on his back, which, of course, must be carrying his hammer. And uh, Thor, being Thor, knows immediately what this other kid is doing and grabs him up. And when he grabs him up, he then turns his attention to the dude running the shell game, and that guy rabbits and takes off. So he takes off running through Paris, and Thor is is chasing after him. Cutting back to Broxton, I'm sorry, Oklahoma, not Kansas, Oklahoma. Does Oklahoma have desert? Where the winds come sweeping down the plains. That's a song. I know. Plains. Plains are not desert. But they're bare. No. Plain. Okay. I think they when have. When the wind sweeps them down. Wind sweeps down. I, I think they have misdone this. I, I don't believe there's we'll extensive desert. We'll have to look up the geography of, in of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So, uh, so now this uh, uh, 
scientist and Tony Stark are sitting in in some little uh, diner, gas station-y kind of place talking here. Uh, it looks kind of beat up on the outside. Can't really tell if it's deserted or not, but they're sitting here talking. I got some ice water and coffee, so. And yeah. And um, so this professor tells Tony, uh, you know, basically what he knows, and, and is asking Tony for help. And Tony says, "Well, you know, I, I know I know just who to talk to in Asgard, so I'll, I'll try to help you out." But I like this here. The doctor says, uh, what I don't know is how to say this any simpler. From an Einstein, Rosen, Morris, Thorn, Quantum, Brain, Cosmological standpoint. I wonder if all those are legitimate people. I don't know. Einstein is, okay. Quantum is, Cosmological. Rosen, Morris, Thorn, and Brain. B-R-A-N-E. So, so Tony says, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll help try to get the word out. He travels to Asgard, talks to Balder, you know, Balder, um, pines a little bit about the, you know, state of things, the state of Asgard. And Tony says, well, you know, I, I apologize, uh, not apologize, I'm sorry about all these things you're going through. But uh, you were visited and somebody tried to explain ABC XYZ to you. And Balder says, yes, we're aware of that happening. <laughs> and Tony's like. What? You don't care? Yeah, you're you're not concerned or doing anything about it. And Balder basically says, "Look, let them come. If something's coming, let it come. There's nothing left. Everything's been taken from us. We've got nothing left. You know, basically, he's saying, A, we have nothing to lose, and and B, if they can find something, let them take it. Everything else has been taken from us. So he's uh, he's in a pretty bad place. Yes, he's defeated. And this is King Balder. He's he's the Asgardian king. Yeah, he's very defeated. You've got you know they're they're drawing Asgard here. Some people working in the background and stuff. And uh, they were talking about this over a funeral pyre. So yeah, everything is looking pretty bleak, more or less. Okay, so. Uh, we cut back to what I assume is Broxton because I believe that's where this office is. Mm -hmm. Tony Stark and Jane Foster have set up an office because Jane is now a doctor. She's not the nurse that we're running into in these Journey to Mystery stories. So Tony Stark at some point, I believe prior to when we started, set her up with a doctor's office in Broxton. So this doctor... Eric. Shanauer, Shanover, Shan, what, what's his name? Eric. Eric Slevin. This Dr. Eric Brain Dude. Um, Solvang. Solvang tries to talk to Jane and basically thinks he's a, um, <laughs> a stranger danger and uh, kicks him in the cojones. Uh, I, I can't really tell why why she reacts this way well he started to grab her arm and they're in they are in a pretty beat down part of town because if you look at the office there's tape on the windows and the building's pretty beat down in that one panel and there's garbage all over the street yeah and stuff. but is he is he dressed like a rapist that you'd see in that part of town 
God, do you just never know? You know. I like his response to, I hate this stupid down, everybody in it, and I'm starting to hope you all get annihilated. Yeah, after she's kicked him, so. Dude just keeps trying, but it's just not working out like, for him. Fine, y'all killing me. I'm trying to tell you about bad stuff. <laughs> All right, so now we cut back to one of the other realms of Asgard. Nidavellir. Nidavellir. Um, it's the realm of the dwarves. And these are some mighty weird looking dwarves. Um, basically, it, it lays out a little bit of information about the dwarves and, and how they exist. Uh, they're allergic, in essence, to sunlight. It turns them to stone. Maybe they're not dwarves. Maybe they're trolls. I should have looked up this realm. Trolls are supposed to turn to stone when they're exposed to sunlight, so maybe they're trolls. There are trolls in Asgardian lore. So uh, We have some that um, realize that, that the... Planet eaters, world killers, whatever we want to call them, this other race is coming their way. And so basically they come out of their shelter, go out into the sunlight to be turned to stone. I assume because they know that they're not going to be able to defeat this whatever's coming anyways. Uh, these are all seers. So they have seen them coming and this is the way they've decided to handle it. I, I guess not warn anybody or anything. They're just like, oh, this is bad. We'll just commit suicide. It's so bad. Nidavellir is a region in Norse mythology that was the home of the dwarves. It is the middle region of the nine worlds on the same level as Midgard. Okay, so we see that they have come in basically at the top of the tree, gotten the frozen elven lands. Now they have descended down the tree to this realm, which is next to basically Midgard. Mm-hmm. So it is the realm of the dwarves, but I, I didn't know that in anybody held that dwarves, when exposed to sunlight, turned to stone. That's interesting. So, okay. Uh, and we see this race. Um, again, the leader's name is Uthanathoth. He doesn't say the name of his race anymore, but basically he and another one of his little servants here uh, discuss how they came and basically these people just gave up and uh, he said good. You know, basically that's the way he wants it. He just wants to be able just to crush them and not have to worry about any any time spent doing it. Uh, now we cut back to Paris where we see Thor is chasing this dude, this kid. This kid probably is 10, 12, 13. I mean, he's, he's not very old. I would say about 15. And, you know, Thor is looking like a, probably a late 20s, early 30s man. So mm -hmm. here he is chasing this kid through the streets. Now he's down in the subway, uh, and he changes into Thor finally. And he's talking to this kid, and basically he's telling this kid, hey, you're not a kid. You're Loki. Remember that you're Loki. Be the Loki. Sorry, that's a that's a play on a movie. Um and finally, the kid says, yes, you know, I've had dreams about this other life, about being someone else, about doing all these other things. But they were evil things. He doesn't want to go back to that. But Thor says they're not dreams. Those are who you are. You know, you can't go back and change the things you did in the past, but you can do things different in the present. A whole bunch of bunk. 
So then basically he draws out. Well, no, he doesn't draw out because the boy is gone. He changes this boy into Loki, which has is what's been happening to the Norse gods as they have returned from the death caused by Ragnarok. And then, again, I, I was disappointed because it was cool, I thought, before that they had Loki as a female. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Now they have him as a little boy. So, okay. He's like, this is not usually what happens. You know, when do you get so old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, you know, we have the – all the other gods in Asgard are going to be – Like the, the age they're supposed to be. Yeah, 20s and 30s people except for Loki who's going to be this little 13-year-old kid. Yeah. Uh, give me a break. So, um, Okay, so now uh, Thor has accomplished his goal of resurrecting Loki. Uh, we cut to a scene somewhere else. New York. Is it in New York? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. And basically what they show is the dwarves running from their dimension, entering our dimension, not to do anything, but basically to run. They're trying to get to Asgard, uh, which, you know, I guess they're, they're, feeling that Asgard is safe. So now that Asgard is on Earth, these dwarves have come across the dimension to Earth to get to Asgard to escape Uthanathoth and his people. And that's where the book 617 ends. So Terry, what would you think about that one? I'm finally starting to get into the story and wanting to see what happens. It was a little slow start for me, as you well know, because I was just overthinking it, I guess. Well, it it just wasn't clicking. Yeah, that's. I was trying to figure it out too hard. And it's like, no, just read the story and let them tell you instead of trying to figure it out. So now I've just, I've slowed down into just seeing where they're going with it. Because nine times out of ten, wherever I think they're going to go is not where they go, so. Well, it it has been kind of slow. Um, they're trying to develop all these different ideas at one time and i don't i don't know if they're going to use all these ideas or you know if some of them are going to be later on or whatever um last issue started out with all this focus on kelda she wasn't in this issue at all mm-hmm. um so yeah it's i i like uh and um uh, this Writer and artist on this. Mm-hmm. You still have it open. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Matt Fraction, Fraction and Ferry. Yeah, Matt Fraction is the writer. Pascal Ferry is the artist. Um, the art is okay. I like the art in the other. Yeah, I, I'm not. A lot better. I don't know if I'm not digging the art or if I'm not digging the color. Whoever's coloring this is, I don't. I don't think I like the coloring is what it is. Uh, it's. I don't like the, um, it's my biggest, my biggest problem with the art is the, the non-finished look to it. You, if, when you look at a panel, you can see the sketches underneath the coloring. Yeah, that's, and, and I guess and that's, that's kind of throwing me off. The style. There's no, there, or there's it's not clean. Very few distinct borders. Yeah. Um, which is, which is an inking, uh, issue. Uh, the, the, 
uh, whoever is coloring this, I, I don't necessarily like their palette they've chosen. I, I just so I, I can't tell exactly what it is that I don't like. I, I can tell you what it is about it I don't like, but I don't necessarily know whose responsibility that is to say that I don't like the job that person X is doing. Yeah, you know to. I can all I can really say is just broadly I'm just I'm not digging the art for some reason or not for some reason but I'm just not digging the art and couple that with the fact that Matt Fraction just isn't knocking me over with this. Now I wish he would get on with it. Story. Um, <laughs> so you know I don't know if he signed a, a multi-year contract with Marvel to do Thor and he's trying to stretch it out or, but yeah it's it's just not you know here. We had two issues of Journey into Mystery with four or five fights between Thor and two bad guys. And in these three or four issues of this storyline, basically we have had no action. Mm-hmm. Other than Anthro. Yeah, but they're not doing anything to us per se. They're right. doing something somewhere that doesn't affect us really. So it's like, you know, so yeah, it's just – Particularly, particularly as a follow-up to the last story by Straczynski, where they went to hell on a rescue mission, mm-hmm. and you know it, it was cool. Fought all kinds of demony kind of thing. So you you got this this sixth gear story that finishes up, and it slams right into the first gear story of the next writer, and it mm-hmm. just you're like, uh, uh, uh. so again coupled. You know, with the fact that we're reading Journey into Mystery, and it's even faster. And in my mind, it is notoriously slower writing mm-hmm. back then than what we have now. But lately, it's been faster. And so it's, yeah, I, I'm I'm almost at the point that I'm like hoping, you know, hurry up, Matt, leave and go to so- bring somebody else in or something. And, you know, something's got to change because this, um, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of. Golden and Silver Age writing. I just don't enjoy the writing. I enjoy more modern writing. But right now, I'm enjoying reading and discussing those Journey into Mysteries a lot more than I am this current volume. Okay, guys. Well, if you agree or disagree or whatever you want to do, uh, let us know. You can contact us at the Mighty Thor Podcast at gmail.com. You can go to the website and leave a comment. It is comicbooknoise slash Thor. You have access to our forums off of our website page there. And we also have a fan page on Facebook that you can use to leave comments, um, particularly if you, you know, want to leave a comment about a particular episode because every time an episode is released, I, I update the fan page with an entry for that episode. So, you know, it's kind of chronological. If you go through and look at the, the updates on the page, there will be for the different updates of the, of the podcast. I uh, want to thank Mr. Coward. Um, hope that everything is doing well for him and, uh, hopefully he's getting things lined up for he and his family having a good Christmas this year. We appreciate all the help that he is to all of the More Family podcast, um, of which, if any of you are interested in exactly what that is, 
drop us a line. I'll be more than happy to tell you about the different podcasts that Terry and I do. Terry, on the way out the dough, anything else that you want to add or say? No, not really. I'm just um, hoping the storyline picks up on the new, and thank goodness we have three old ones to talk about next issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next episode will be issues six, seven, and eight. Five. Yeah, 106, uh, Journey into Mystery, issues 106, 107, and 108. And then that'll be 12, episode 12. Episode 13 will be Journey into Mystery 109, 110, and Thor 618, which is the most current issue of this volume. So uh, there's a heads up for you guys that want to read along or follow along or know where we're going. Um, otherwise, uh, keep listening. We'll uh, do our best to keep putting these out and hopefully entertaining somebody. Uh, if you're entertained, let us know so we know you're out there. Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Um, otherwise, we'll talk to you again next episode. Thanks for listening in this episode. See you guys later. Bye.